Welcome to See Beneath Your Beautiful, where guests share stories of adversity and perseverance, which inspire, encourage, and challenge us. We embrace these tough conversations, intimately exploring our loves, fears, and hopes with a delicious combination of depth and lightness. My name is Mary Henderson, and I work with industry experts who want to convert their knowledge, their wisdom, and their skill set into a brand and a business so they can be known as the go-to person in their area of specialization. And how did you get into this? I had no idea that I wanted to become a full-time coach until September 2011. My second son was born and literally within three hours of his birth, I had this greatest epiphany that when I realized, oh my God, this software company that I have built from ground up for the last seven years is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And so that led me on this path of self-discovery. And I actually resigned from my own company, Hara. It was just so profound. I remember my accountant saying to me, I think you've got hormonal issues. And I said, (laughs) oh, no, no, no. I promise you, I know exactly what I'm doing. But it was so clear and vivid and conscious. I was so conscious of what I was doing, but I also knew I had to give up a lot of stuff, a lot of material stuff, as much as I could just strip all this illusion away from me to get very clear so I can actually go deep inside and really ask that beautiful question, who am I? What is my purpose? What is my true purpose? So that was a 12-month trajectory where I had a mentor, professor in philosophy, and another mentor who was an expert in the emotional body. Both of these people really, really helped me understand as best as they could based on their knowledge and wisdom, how to unpack Mary. And through that whole process, I realized, oh, wow, I can do that with ease and grace. I can do that with ease and grace. I can do that with ease and grace. What could happen if I could merge all the things that I can do naturally with absolute ease, the things that everyone asks me to do that they find difficult and I find easy? What could happen if I merge all of that together? And That's when I realized my purpose lies inside my learned knowledge and skills, which has now become my wisdom. There's my purpose right there. And that's when I started to explore this idea of serving on a much bigger scale through the label of a coach. And uh, I have been doing that, uh, Hara, since 2015. have this podcast because I believe that everybody's beautiful and we can overcome our traumas. And I have a magazine now that is sort of a companion to it that has the same idea. And I just created a self-love summit and I have three speakers already because in this body, with this brain, with the talents I have and don't have, and this is the largest body I've ever been in. I know what it's like to love myself. And I always find beauty in everything and in the world and in everybody. And so that's my purpose. But is your job then to help me brand myself and become like the self-love expert? Is that what you would do? Exactly. Just on that, um, Hara, it's a fantastic question. The one thing that we all have is inventory. I call that our internal inventory. The problem is that we've got so much inside of us. It's not just learned knowledge and skills. It's all of our certifications. It's degrees. It's personal experiences, passions, gifts, talents, values, lots of stuff that's packed inside of us. 
The problem that most people have is organizing that information into a solution that matches an audience that needs that problem solved. And from there, you extend out and you start to then build a tribe, which is all connected to these moving parts. So when I'm working with somebody, I'll always start with understanding who are you, Hara? Who are you in your natural state of being? What are your attributes that make up Hara? What is your soul print? What is your blueprint, your blueprint? Not who you want to be or who you aspire to be. I don't care about that. It's really understanding your soul print. And how I do that is we've actually developed a software where my clients go in there and we unpack all of these attributes. Mm -hmm. So I get the truth. That's what I call that the brand truth. So then I've got real data to work with. So then I can start building the foundation, which starts with the brand essence. And the brand essence is vitally important because it plays a significant role in every aspect of your business. So once we have that foundation, when we understand who Hara is in her natural state of being, we understand what problem Hara can solve with ease and grace. We understand who Hara's audience is. We understand who Hara's tribe is. We understand what Hara's signature solution is, her story. All of these things need to form the foundation because that needs to then be congruent with Hara's solution. How can Hara now help me? How can Hara, through her knowledge and wisdom, the solution that she's designed and developed, how can it actually help me, the person on the other end of the world, who's actually looking to solve this problem? So then we design an entire system whereby you can take your audience, your client through a process from start to promise so that it's outcome driven. It's not just conversational. It's not just like, hey, yeah, come and join my program and wherever, whatever will be, will be. We've got to get out of that mindset. We need to start to understand that building systems commands premium pricing, but also it delivers transformation. And this is the key. Once we've done that, then we move into building all of the digital assets. And this is what I call the creating the ecstatic customer experiences. So anyone that doesn't know Hara and has seen your brand for the first time, all of those digital assets that are public facing, they need to create ecstatic brand experiences. So we have to be strategic and deliberate with how we show up publicly so that people can believe us. And so we're believable and we're trustable. And also, Hara, one other most important thing is that we have to establish no love by relationship. There was this whole notion of no like trust. We're beyond that. We're now into get to know me, love what I stand for, become a part of my ecosystem. And when you're ready, I'm here to serve you. It's not come into my ecosystem and I'm going to sell, sell, sell. That doesn't work anymore. And then, Hara, this is the most important part. We wrap an entire lead generation and sales strategy once those three aspects are implemented because the lead generation and the sales should always be the effect of the cause, not the cause of the effect. So many people that start their entrepreneurial journey start with, I've got to get a sale. I've got to get a sale. I've got to get a sale. That's the worst place to start. Once those elements are in place, you're clear on who you are. You're clear on who you serve. You're clear on what you promise. And now you're on the world stage and it's your job to create that momentum, to position yourself as the authority through the content that you create, 
through the interviews that you're invited to be on, through the keynotes, et cetera, et cetera. So that then becomes the effect of the cause. And then the last piece of the puzzle is the embodiment of that version of you, because this is vitally important. You've implemented everything, you're live, you're ready to monetize, now you have to become it. And this is the part that to me is the most important aspect of becoming an entrepreneur is the embodiment of that version of you, which I do a lot of work around that as well. So to answer your question, yes, the brand is the beginning, but it's also the end and it's the ongoing. It never kind of stops because that's the whole idea, right? What is a common denominator between people who reach out to you? You know, there's actually a couple of reasons, Hara. This is a great question and something that I'm very passionate about. There's two problems I see. One is I have no idea how to turn my 20, 30 years of experience and my certifications and my degrees and all the things that I love to do and my wisdom. I have no idea how to organize that into one solution. Because what happens is like, for example, I work with a lot of people who've got PhDs, for example, and they come from an academic mindset. They want to serve the world. They know that. They want to get out of academia desperately, but they're the best ones to work with. And they're funny because they're like, but hang on a minute, I've got a master's in this and I've got a PhD in this and I've got 22 you know, white papers. And what about this? And I'm like, no one cares about your PhD. No one cares about your master's degree. No one cares about any of that. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, that's right. They just care if you can solve their problem. That's all they care about. And can you back it up with evidence that you're believable and trustable? I also need to figure out how do I integrate all of that into the solution? When I'm working with a PhD, like, what about my degrees? What about, what about, what about? I'm like, look, let's just get all of your inventory out on paper. I need to see all of your internal inventory so I can actually help you design a flow, a program that's going to take someone from start to promise. And inside there, all of that stuff that you want to be known for will be inside the program in some way. I know how I transformed. I know I accepted myself. I found lovely little Hara inside me. And she can do no wrong. And I am still little Hara. And so I'm very kind to me and I'm doing the best I can every day. I'm just so curious how other people teach how to love yourself. Is there something you would say to somebody? We have a desired version of us and we have a current version of us. Okay. Mm -hmm. And both of these are in conflict. Because the desired version is, I want to do that. I want to be that. I want to impact the world. I want to be a multimillionaire. I want to live in this house. I want to have these type of friends. That's the desired version of us. The current version of us is dictated by, I have to fix myself first before I get to my desired reality. So we have things that hold us back because we're trying to fix them, our emotions, our belief systems past experiences, like traumas, things like that. And what we're trying to do is we're always trying to go back to the past to fix the past before we can go to the desired. So now we're in conflict. So now we're saying, but I'm doing my intentions. I'm doing the law of attraction. I'm doing my meditation. I'm doing it, but nothing is changing. 
that's because you keep getting told to continue to fix yourself. So stay in this pool here, go and do this course, go and buy this self-help book, go to this femme coaching program to keep the loop going and going and going and going until you get to 75 and you're like, I'm still in the same place. (laughs) So what we have to do, it's not about not honoring the past and understanding that emotions, traumas, all of these things hold us back. What I found is that it's not about me stepping back into my trauma. I was raised by a narcissistic mother. Like my childhood was absolute hell on earth. I cannot stress that enough. And a lot of training around my emotional body. It wasn't about getting rid of the emotions. It was understanding how emotions work in the body. I was more interested in understanding how to work with my instrument, the body. How do I move emotions that are stuck? How do I create vibratory frequency so I can be vibrating and release all of my neurotransmitters, the four key neurotransmitters every single day? How can I do that with ease and grace? So I've developed a lot of really fun frameworks that actually do this. They motivate my clients to do it every single day because they're easy. They don't allow you to go back in that feedback loop that holds you hostage to the past. This is why systems are important. We have to look at the desired version of us and we have to ask ourselves, what do I need to do to get there? Because if I stay here and continue to loop myself in these emotions, this trauma, these belief systems, these ideas that continue to pull me so far away from that desire, I'm actually never going to move out of this loop. It's like an elastic band. Keep stretching, it comes back. It makes more sense to me to understand, okay, I've got this past history, no problem, but what about if I learned how to use my vessel, my body, and my brain to actually understand how to create, bring out the best version of myself, just purely by understanding how I can release the neurotransmitters naturally, how I can move my body to start to move the energy in my body and the blocked emotions caught up at a cellular level without actually sitting here going, dear journal, I just want to write about my past. The desired goal requires a system. And this is why I'm so passionate about systems. And this is why when I coach people, we implement the system first. I want them to focus on the desired destination first and get it implemented so it's alive. Then. We come back and we embody that. And everything that I'm talking about, the desired version and the current reality, they come into play after everything's implemented. You're moving, you're taking action every day. You're in your desired reality. And when you have a setback, we got tools to work on that and not for you to be stuck in the poor me victim mentality, but it's more around, okay, what can I do with my body and my brain and my mind to help me move back into the desired reality. And that for me is how I believe is the best way to enhance the human experience. Mm -hmm. When you were young though, how did you overcome what your mother did? Mm, It was very traumatic for me. So a couple of things, one of the things that I was gifted with was my voice. So somehow my parents realized that and they allowed me to have singing co- uh, voice coaching from the age of five to about 18. The only way I could self-express myself 
and also be away from that traumatic environment. But I spent a lot of time in my childhood living more in my imagination than in reality. I mastered that ability to step outside and just create this reality that didn't exist on physical earth. And that was my escapism. It wasn't a split personality. It was just, I had the ability to sit on my bed and just zone out. It was like meditation. It was this visualization. Still to this day, I'm still very much into that whole visualization process. And I think you just learn to survive. And as I got older, you know, I learned how to switch off that drama, you know, that my mother would constantly remind me of and pull me back into her little ecosystem. And I don't know if you know anyone that's been raised with a narcissistic mother, but what they tend to do is they don't want you to be better. They don't want you to have more. There's this constant pulling back. There's false realities that they project onto you that you start believing. My mother told me that, for example, that I had a curse on me my whole life. That means I'm never going to find it love. I'll never create a success in my life, blah, blah, blah. Could you imagine growing up as a kid just believing that you're just null and void? So I had to establish these emotions that were so enhanced and traits that were so enhanced that in the end, <laughs> they were for my benefit, not for my detriment. And that's how I truly see it. You know, I truly, truly in the deepest part of my soul believe that all of our integrated knowledge and our skills and our passions and our gifts and our talents really are a treasure. Like to me, that's where purpose lives right in there. I was sexually abused at five and seven and my mother died when I was 18. Traumatic experiences. But all those things created this version of Hara. It's not what I would have chosen, but it's like you said, it helped me ultimately. I am the person I am because of all those things that happened to me. And that's another way that I can find self-love because if I'm not my past, I am accepting of all those things that happened, whether or not I wanted them to. I have to agree with you there, Hera. I'm not going to be victim to that story, but I'm going to take that story and I'm going to have fun with it. We've got to look at things like that, our trauma, as how they can benefit us and how they can move us towards our desired reality. With my hand on my heart, I want to celebrate all the women out there who are genuinely wanting to do something bigger than their current reality. And the the truth of the matter is, please just stop looking at yourself as old or fat or gray hair or wrinkled or not good enough or insignificant or unseen, unheard. Just take a step back and ask yourself, Am I buying into a false reality because all I see on the TV is this youth-obsessed culture? And if you are, maybe it's time to just turn the TV off and start to reflect on who you truly are based on that wonderful, beautiful, delicious wisdom that you're sitting on that truly has a currency. Do something with it because the future relies on human beings that genuinely have wisdom to solve problems in the world. So are you saying that somebody's beauty is in their collective experiences and who they are, not what they look like? Thank you. That's exactly what I'm saying. It is not what you look like. You know how everybody has different taste. So you're going to be beautiful to somebody 
whatever you think you're not, you are to somebody. Let's just have a look at the self-help gurus that are the big names at the moment. Okay. You've got the, you know, the E Pray Love, Elizabeth Gilbert. We've got the Brene Browns. We've got the Mel Robbins. They're not 20. Right. They're all 50 plus. Beauty is not in my degrees. Beauty is not me comparing myself to a 20-year-old. Beauty is in my wisdom. I love that about me. The more I can accept me as this person as I appear now, I can see the beauty in anybody as they appear. And I wish it for everybody. And so that's the goal. And so I'm going to have to try to get into your program because I don't know how to sell it or systemize it. So it's group coaching, you're saying? And how does that work? It's a 12-month mastermind and it's a group coaching. So we meet twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And Tuesdays, I usually focus on energetics, mindset, belief systems. And I'm always, always trying to go as deep as I can because the embodiment is fundamental. I can't stress that enough. And on Thursdays, we answer questions and answers. So people, generally speaking, will go through the module, which is very, very systemized. They know exactly what they need to complete each week. So you're not required to work 20 hours a week to actually complete your business solution. It's two to five hours commitment a week, if that. And I break it down so systematically to not overwhelm people because my goal is to make sure that everyone's moving. You've got to keep taking action every day in order to see your fruits of labor coming to fruition. You get motivated and excited. My job is to create a space and to make sure that I answer every question. My coaching calls are not one hour. They could be three hours. It's like, until I finish with everyone, you ain't going, you know, unless you have to leave. The other thing is everyone that works with me, we all start with an onboarding call and that onboarding call is three hours. I'm extracting all of the deliciousness and I'm placing it in my version of a, in my spreadsheet in a very, very systematic way. I'm collecting all of your inventory and then I give that back to you as a program. So I'm organizing the data so that you're not spending months trying to figure it out. And then also I'll write your brand proposition and then we just refine it over time. But that for me has been the greatest blessing for all of my clients because it fast tracks them exponentially. So I don't want you spending weeks trying to figure out the program. I want you spending weeks implementing is we can get to monetization as soon as possible. There's nothing that you need to figure out. All of the how-to's been done. All of the frameworks are provided. It just requires your flavor and implement. We're refining it and implementing it so that it suits your business, your language, your messaging. I really enjoyed this and I appreciate your time. Thank you, Hara, for having me. And it's such a pleasure to meet you as well. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, Hara. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of See Beneath Your Beautiful, hosted by Hara Allison. And thanks for your ratings and reviews. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Stay tuned.